Good morning. Welcome to week six of our stay-at-home uh, captivity. Uh, I'm reminded of James in uh, 1.1. He says, this letter is to, uh, to, from James, a slave of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes of Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. So this morning, I just want to greet all you brothers and sisters, uh, uh, family members and friends that are scattered all over uh, at your home uh, this week. And uh, we just send the blessing and the favor of the Lord to you. And uh, we just release the presence and power of God to you this morning right there in your living room, wherever you're at. Uh, Lord, I just pray your peace come and your kingdom come and be released wherever they're at right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, the other day, well, I had some friends and we were, were, we were uh, talking and we had this conversation and in this conversation, we were discussing God's provision and wealth and our approach to it. It was reminding me of the Trinitarian lens through which we view the nature of God. You know, God's fundamental. He's practical. He's supernatural. And, you know, we were talking about what that looks like when it comes to provision. And some of us take, when I think about it, we take different views. And one of those views is the fundamental approach. And the fundamental approach has to do with your hard work, uh, honoring God and being diligent. And then there's the uh, practical approach. It's your, how you invest your, your, your money, uh, spending wisely, being generous to the poor, etc. And then there's the supernatural approach. And again, we're talking about God's provision and taking care of us. But there's a supernatural approach where we simply trust God. Uh, he said it. And we go and believe him and trust him to, to do it. Uh, another one of these friends of mine, a very close, called me to share a word that the Lord had given him. And he said, God spoke to him. It doesn't matter if it's not written in the Bible it doesn't matter if you've never heard it before. If you can believe it or believe me for it, I can make it happen. Now, I don't know if you agree with that statement or not, but I do. I, I believe it. I believe God is, uh, he could do far more abundantly above what we could ask or think. And Kathy just uh, uh, quoted that scripture when we did communion. Uh, but I happen to believe that God is in all three of these approaches. That God is very fundamental, he's very practical, and he is certainly supernatural. Uh, so I take on the approach that God is all three of these things. You know, there's something extremely intriguing about God and the supernatural or the impossible that, that calls to us. I don't know, as a, a, a young man, uh, whenever you see or I, I see, say, danger or woods or uh, a, a hill or a mountain. Even if we go to like the Grand Canyon, something inside calls to the edge, calls us to the edge or calls us in the deep, calls us into the wild. And there's something about the nature of God, and I believe he orchestrates it, that calls us to the impossible and to the supernatural. In fact, he orchestrates it, like I said. I believe God is always pulling us to, toward the supernatural and to the impossible. There's something about his nature that drives us and, and wants us to participate with him in things that doesn't seem possible in this life. 
this in no way negates the practical or the fundamental. God is supernatural. That's just his nature. That's what he is. He is supernatural, period. In fact, he created the earth and us out of nothing. Uh, tell me that's not supernatural. God is triune. What do I mean by that? I mean God is three in essence. He's Father, He's Son, and He's Holy Spirit. And they all work together. God is uh, fundamental, practical, and supernatural. And I'm going to break this down a little bit. What, what am I talking about? When I say the Father, and uh, when, I, when I process this and I think about it, a lot of fact, I read some of this from uh, Christian Swartz has a book on natural church development and that, and he gives lens to this uh, and it's a really fascinating book but uh, God is fundamental he's practical and he's supernatural as father he is creator he's designer he created the systems of the universes and the processes by which they run how the rivers flow how they start like the Mississippi starts as a trickle way up north and works its way all the way down to the Louisiana coast and out into the and, and Mississippi coast all the way out into the Gulf of Mexico where it's over a, a mile wide uh, and it just pours into. But these systems, uh, rain comes down and flows into the river that flows into the ocean that breathes back and forth uh, that that gives us all the great things that we enjoy. God created this as designer system processor. Uh, the sun is the fundamental. He's the word. He's uh, the blood, the salvation, faith. These are all the, uh, the fundamentals of who we are and, and, and the word of God. And then there's the spirit, which is the, uh, the supernatural, the mystery, the power, the divine, the miraculous, the prophetic. These are all different uh, natures of God or uh, essence or expressions of his nature. What happens, though, as uh, believers, where we get off the rail is, or even unbelievers for that matter, we fail to acknowledge all three. What do I mean by that? Well, you could say heresy is, uh, is preaching a non-truth, and it is. But also, heresy to me would be not fully understanding the Trinity of all, all three of who God is. Just just making God two-dimensional or even one-dimensional because he's not. He's three-dimensional, and that's the fullness of God. Uh, he, I'm, I, my nature is not one of practicality. I'm more uh, fundamentalist-driven, and I am more supernaturally-driven or intuitive or whatever, however you say that. But I find, and most people, they're a coupling of, uh, of these. But God is all three. God is supernatural. He's fundamental. And he is um, practical. But today, my goal is to show you that by embracing the fullness of God, that you can thrive in these troubled times. And more specifically, I want to speak into the supernatural because I think most of us land in the area of practical and fundamental in terms of our understanding of the nature of God and how he moves where we have trouble is the supernatural. We can believe him for eternal salvation and we can believe him to fix things off into the future, but it's hard to just really trust God right now in the middle of crisis uh, and believe that he's going to take care of things supernaturally. 
you know, going back to our conversation with my, my friends, part of it was uh, the way they were viewing how God moves. One was a very fundamental uh, or practical in his approach to finance and, and, and things. And the other one was like, no, God's just going to do it. You know, but God is all of these. And they both realized that. And it, it, it was a great conversation. And it reminded me of this, uh, this uh, view of God being uh, Trinitarian in his uh, nature. And so I, I'm hoping that as we embrace the fullness of God, that you can see that he is such a wonderful provider and that he really loves and wants to take good care of us, even in the middle of all this, uh, this craziness that's going on in terms of uh, uh, coronavirus and pandemic, etc. But we do have proof text this morning, and I would encourage you to grab your Bible, open up your phone to your app, your Bible app, and turn with me to 2 Corinthians 8. Uh, verse 9 and I'm just going to take this one scripture scripture and I'm just going to break it down and we're going to just exegete this if you will and uh, just look into it and then I'll have some other references but before I do I want to remind you that and I don't it needs no reminding but we definitely are living in troubled times you know we have the pandemic going on we have looming economic crisis around us there's lots of uh, <clears throat> lots of uncertainty concerning the way things will unfold for us, you know, globally, uh, nationally, and locally. Once all of this uh, is fading, uh, you know, how do we reignite the economy, and what effect is that going to have? So these leave a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty for all of us. But I want to say this: <clears throat> God rarely, if ever just changes the world around us you think about that a minute in our in our trust in god a lot of times we want to pray and then god just wipe everything away and we get reset restart everything's brand new and we but he rarely does that there's something about the supernatural and the faith and the trust that he calls us to uh to walk through but the fact is what like I said, he, he ever just changes the world around us or the situation we find ourselves in, but rather he surrounds us in the situation with his presence. And then he calls us, you know, to that impossible to believe and trust in him for both the impossible and the supernatural in your situation. And this is what I'm talking about. God will he will honor your your fundamental approach to life he'll honor your practical approach to life and these are good things and god's calls us to but he also wants to call us into the supernatural to believe him and trust him no matter what says set what he said what what everything around us says because right now there's a lot of uh financial uncertainty uh i mean i own a business and uh you know money's not flowing so money's got to come from somewhere and we have to trust god for that and i know that he will provide he is a wonderful a caretaker he loves his people and he will produce and show us uh, what to do so i want to encourage you with those words to be able to trust god and uh, let him provide for you this this these upcoming days but anyway this is called faith this trusting in god for the impossible for the supernatural and faith is a call to the wild or the supernatural faith beckons us to trust god <clears throat> You can call it, if you want to, uh, pulling on heaven. Faith is actually, it says, the, 
the evidence of things unseen. Uh, I, I'm quoting that wrong. I'm butchering that. Y'all pardon me. It's the uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So by hope, we see the future and we see the promises of God. We read it in the word and it comes alive in our imagination and we reach out by faith and we grab a hold of it. This is pulling heaven down. Heaven wants to provide. God wants to provide. God wants to supply. And it goes against what everything else is saying around us. So I hope to encourage you this morning to to trust God, to to believe God, to uh, uh, to take risk in terms of your faith in 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 believing him and stepping out and doing some things that maybe you otherwise would not do. So faith is trusting a God. It's, it's reaching out and grabbing hold. It's also uh, the the realization of the prayer that Jesus prayed on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus's prayer was for us to pray, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth just like it is in heaven. And I know a lot of us have, uh, I call it an escape, escapist mentality. We just forward everything to the future. But God actually wants to bring the future here. He wants to bring his presence here. And it shows up in those moments of faith when we trust him. It begins... Um, if you had an acorn, in that acorn is a mighty oak tree. And sometimes we want the mighty oak tree. We don't want the acorn. But God gives us these, these words of faith and belief. And we, we plant those and we sow them. And from that, that one little action that you take grows this mighty oak tree of God's provision and God's goodness. So God is releasing uh, and dropping from heaven, if you will, these acorns of uh, word, of encouragement, of faith and hope and trust. And as we apply those things, they grow into this massive tree of God's goodness and his provision. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, in this pandemic and global crisis, I believe God in Jesus is calling us to trust him for the impossible. In every area of our life, our spiritual life, our physical bodies, our emotional life, the way we think, and even in our finances. And that's a big one. You know, we get worried about the money because we look at the checkbook. You know, we see the money's going and we don't see anything else coming in. But God wants us to give him those areas of our life. And he wants to, to show himself mighty. And this is not uncommon for Christians anywhere. It's not uncommon for any of the stories in the Bible. It's full of men and women, uh, uh, nations and cities that trust God or were called to trust God in a time of crisis only to have God show up for them. And God is very personal to you and he loves you and he wants to bless you and he's calling you to that place of trust for him. So anyway, uh, now we can get down to our uh, our scripture. <clears throat> and we're going to talk about, like, I, again, like I said, the supernatural, but how and what does this look like? What's it look like to trust God in the supernatural? So let's read uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. It says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for, the, for your sake he became poor. So that by his poverty you could become rich. Do you hear that? That Jesus, in fact he says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So that by his poverty, you could become rich. All right, let me break this down for you. I just want to take it 
uh, word by word or, or segments of word by word. And we're just going to kind of walk through this. But the first thing he says, you know, you know, it is common knowledge or it should be common knowledge uh, of God's generous grace. Everyone should know if you spend any time with at all with the Lord Jesus, you're going to realize that he's good. If you read the scripture, you read the story and you just look at how he responded to humanity to the least, to the very least, those who were the, the most break, broken. He was so compassionate and reaching out to those that were afflicted with many diseases, poverty, strife, whatever. He just, he was so kind and so compassionate. That is his nature. If you have any, uh, spend any time alone with the Lord, you find that he, 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 he is always encouraging and, and calling forth and reaching into you and pulling out the best. And it's a lot of times that's like, Lord, I, I know you love me. You love me too much, you know, because you think way more of me than I do because I feel his call to to rise up and to do things that I just don't feel capable of doing. But yet he has this love and confidence in me. And even though I even try and fail, he's still there to pick me up and love me and say, hey, man, good job. You really tried hard and I, I'm going to continue and we're going to do this again. And this time we're going to win. You know, that's just the nature of our, our father and uh, our, our brother, Jesus. So uh, the word no, and I love, I love this word. He says no, it's kenosko in the Greek, and it means to know or to understand, have an intimate knowledge of or be acquainted with. And one word and is just, it was the, uh, the emotional relationship that two have with one another where they really become emotionally connected, that he knew her, she knew him. There was this divine connection, and this is, where it, where it leads to is that when we get into this knowing, this divine connection with, with our Father, with His Son, with the Holy Spirit, that you know that God's good. So part of this is this walk of faith is just coming to know Jesus, coming to get into relationship with Him, opening up our heart and having that dialogue. And I know for some people that's hard, especially, uh, you know, we have right brain thinkers and left brain thinkers, uh, those that are create creative and intuitive it's a little bit more easy to to uh, to trust for the uh supernatural and see things but for those that more on the other side that are more uh process driven and word driven it's a little bit more challenging to believe in and it goes vice versa those that are in the supernatural have maybe have a little bit more hard time harder time believing just the practical things you know but Getting into this dialogue with God, God opens this whole new world for us of all of these areas. So I invite you to uh, just draw near to God. He says in Psalms 34, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, God is wonderful and he invites us into this relationship. So I encourage you to taste and see along with uh, David, King David, who wrote this psalm, that the Lord is good. God is wonderful. And oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. And that's where I'm leading you to. Take refuge in the Lord. And what joy comes from that. Then the next word he says. You know the generous grace. And the word grace. Is that which affords pleasure. Uh, now I'm not talking about. You know rampant pleasure. Uh, selfish pleasure. Self-centered pleasure. But we know the generous grace of God. It's God's pleasure toward us. He says in Luke. Um, Third, twelve, thirty-two. Do not be afraid, little flock, 
For it's your father's great happiness to give you the kingdom. Isn't that a wonderful word? It's God's generous grace. In his generous grace, it makes him happy to give you the kingdom. A lot of times we have a hard time believing that in our, our heart because we think of who we are in the natural and we don't feel like we deserve God's goodness and we don't deserve God's grace. And so it's kind of like self-fulfilling prophecy. We, we believe negative because we don't feel like that we deserve to receive. So we, we look for the negative things to happen rather than the positive things, the things that God's doing in our life. So <clears throat> intimacy is getting to know him. As we get to know him, uh, he reveals his generous grace. If we know anything at all about the Lord, like I said, we know that he's generous uh, with his favor, with his love and his grace. And then in John three sixteen, it says this, for God loved the world so much that he gave. It is God's nature to give and to give us his favor. He says he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I mean, God's nature, he's a giver. And he wants to give us and bless us. He doesn't want us to be afraid, but he wants us to trust him. John 16, 23 through 24 says, At this time, you won't need to ask me for anything. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. But he says, I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly. What a wonderful place that Jesus is bringing us to. He says, look, in the old, you had to come to a priest and, and talk to the priest and let the priest make the offering for you. And then he'd say your prayers for you. And then you'd receive God's blessing. But Jesus said, look, guys, I am giving you a brand new way, a wide open way where you can come boldly to my throne. And there's nothing to stop. Stop that. So he says, you will no longer um, need to ask me anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the father directly and he will grant you your request. God is inviting us through Jesus to come into his presence. Come boldly, Hebrews says, to the throne of grace that we might find help in time of need. In time of need, God wants to help you. And he's calling us to that place. Um, then he says in 24, you don't have, uh, you have, haven't done this before, excuse me, asking, using my name. And you will, uh, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I butchered that. I'm going to try it again. <clears throat> you haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. It's God's joy to bless us and to give us the things that we need. All right, then he goes on to say <clears throat> in our, our text scripture, he says, you know the grace of, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ Though he was, and I want to pause a minute on he was. The word he was is the same word that I am, that I will be. It's, the, uh, it's just the very essence of God that he's ever present. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the God who was blessing the children of Israel back in the Old Testament is present today, even more so to bless us as we ask. God is uh, a present help in time of need. He is right now. The word says now faith is. Now faith is the substance. Now God is nearer to us than he was ever before. Now God lives inside of us. Now his presence comes to rest inside of us. And in that resting and in that place where he is, he provides. Uh, in his pre-incarnate existence, he was rich. And it says instead he gave up his privileges he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. 
And when he appeared in human form, that's kind of like the, the reverse human or the reverse Superman thing. You know, Superman came from his planet, uh, and I'm speaking fictitiously, obviously. When Superman came from his planet to this planet, he bore the image or the, the, the uh, qualities of that other planet here and expressed his superhuman strength and power. But Jesus, coming from heaven, he left his dignity, or not his dignity, his deity and his uh, riches and his glory and his power, and he became impoverished for us. He became uh, a- a- incarcerated in human flesh, and he took on that poverty so that you and I wouldn't have to experience. But anyway, it says that he took off and laid aside in order to become a slave. Jesus took off his humanity and laid it aside so that he could identify with us in our humanity. What a, a wonderful thing. Um, so in his pre-incarnate existence, it says that he was rich. He was rich. He was abundant uh, in provision, material resources. The word rich as opposed to poverty. Rich means having everything that you need and above. Poverty means having lack and not having enough. Jesus gave up all the riches of his in glorious uh, life in heaven so that he could identify with us and take on our poverty. And it says that uh, for our sake, he did this for our sake. Jesus gave up his royalty, his deity, his fame, his fortune for our sake, for us, for us so that we wouldn't have to bear uh, the stuff that we do. So he did that for you. And I call this the great exchange. There was this great exchange that took place when Jesus left heaven and came to earth. It says he became poor. To become poor, he became in want or need or in need and impoverished for us. In Luke 9, 58, it says this. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and the birds have nests. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. Jesus became impoverished for us. Jesus went to the cross with a one-piece tunic, which they gambled for. He was laid in a borrowed tomb. He trusted his father for his daily provision. He did that for us, and we're coming to that, that point. And finally, the seventh thing I'm looking at here is that by his poverty, he could make you rich. By Jesus' poverty, he reversed the tables for us. It says, through his death, he gave us access to the father of all provision, resources, to everything that we will ever need for every situation, for every circumstance, for every crisis. Jesus left heaven, took on human flesh. He emptied himself of everything he, he was, that he went to the cross naked and ashamed, uh, bearing the shame, if you will. He, he hung on that cross in our stead, in our place, and in his divine favor, he took on our poverty so that we could have his wealth, his riches. I'm not talking about money necessarily. I'm just talking about his daily provision for everything that he has. Whatever it is that we need, God is faithful. Right now in this time of crisis that you might be in, God is faithful. That is the supernatural part of God that a lot of us uh, overlook that God is calling us to trust him and to believe him. So I want to challenge you to trust him and believe him. And uh, let's kind of uh, wrap this up a little bit. But he's, so how does this happen? What's this look like? Well, number one, I want to encourage you to brace, 
Embrace the Lord, the loving Lord, and surrender your life to him. Give it, give him your all, whatever it is. Surrender your life to him. That's the first thing, that the way we embrace the wealth of God. We just, we get on our knees, we say, Lord, I, I need you, and the, I trust you, and I give my life to you. And then know that on the cross, there was a divine exchange that took place. He gave his wealth for your poverty. He took your poverty so he could give you his riches. And in faith, trust in him. And the word trust means to cling, or faith means to cling to, trust in and rely upon his sacrifice, that great exchange that he made on your behalf. I would encourage you to trust God. And trusting means uh, putting away the doubt and the fear and begin to open yourself up for the opportunity or for the belief that God will move heaven and earth for you. And that's a challenge. So I would encourage you to, to put aside the negativity and the doubt and begin to reach forward in faith, whatever it is you feel like God, what you need in your life right now. Reach out and trust God for that. Begin to put your hope and your belief in him. And then come to him with his promises and contend for his favor. Come to him with his promises. God says that he would never leave you or forsake you. That all your riches are provided according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Whatever we ask in his name that he will do it because it gives him pleasure. Uh, you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart and he will do it for you. On and on and on and on and the scripture goes where God says that he would provide for us and take care of us. So I would encourage you to trust him. And then lean into his generous grace. Lean into the idea and the fact that God is gracious and kind and that he wants to bless you. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And then finally, the last thing that I, I want to say is that um, there is an act of faith involved in opening up the supernatural, and that is giving. And like I said, if you know me and you know our church, that's something that we don't talk about. You know, our tithe box is in the back and, you know, we don't take up an offering per se. We just trust people to give. But the reality is that God desires for us to honor him with the first fruits of our income. You know, he's given us the tithe as a way and then offerings above that, that we give to the church in order to to uh, to take care of what's going on. But I'm saying this not because we need the, the money or the offering. It doesn't affect my pay one way or the other. But I'm saying that for your benefit, I believe that it's an act of faith and it's a supernatural act to help you open up the, uh, the realm of impossibility for you. By doing so, God is going to come and meet you and give you opportunity that otherwise you would not have. Uh, it's divine favor that he unlocks for his kids who honor him and bless him. You know, there's many people that have served Lord for a long time, but they're afraid to let go of their finances, especially when it comes to the church. And I don't, I don't know, un, I don't understand that because it's just unlocked so much for us in terms of wisdom and ideas and creativity and just favor among other people. So I want to encourage you this morning to sow a gift, to give a gift, uh, release that tithe and watch God release his blessing and favor in your life. Uh, I know he'll do it. He's done it for me. In so many ways, it's just unbelievable. And it comes from areas that I do not expect. Uh, so God bless you. And uh, we will see you next week. All right. Take care. 
Thank you guys so much for joining us at church today. What a powerful message that was spoken and a beautiful time of worship. If you guys would like further ministry, feel free to look on our Facebook page. We're going to have links that you can click on and get put right into a Zoom meeting. And we will have people there ready to minister and just believe Jesus to show up in your lives. Once again, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you have a really great Sunday. Bye, guys.